As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello, and welcome to Jurassic Pod. I am Eric Corrine of The Athletic dot com slash any number of things joining me to talk about the tide for fifth place but not really but definitely in sixth place toronto raptors the one the only holly mckenzie how are you holly hi i wish i wish that my webcam worked right now because i don't know why but as you said that i got like a burst of energy and i was doing the airplane like with my arms as you were like <laughs> coming to you live because the Raptors are in sole possession of sixth place. Wow. Yeah. They are, uh, you know, after I said that they would not catch Cleveland <laughs> uh, with 18 games to go, Jared Allen got hurt. The Cavs went in a bit of a tailspin, although they did rebound to beat Orlando on Monday night without uh, a bunch of their players and a bunch more. Evan Mobley got injured. I think Laurie Markkinen got injured Gosh. as well. Hopefully, I mean, that team has been mm-hmm. really snake bitten. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's sort of, I mean, from an objective point of view, it sort of sucks that they're, again, probably, but not for sure, going to the play-in. But lots of games to go. Uh, but this is not a Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. If you'd like to read about the Cleveland Cavaliers, Kelsey Russo has got you covered at The Athletic. Subscribe again, to The Athletic. But again, I'm Eric Corrine and I cover <laughs> the Raptors and Holly McKenzie occasionally watches the Raptors when she's not watching uh, the Fire NCAA uh, mm-hmm. women's tournament. Uh, do you want to, let's just start there before we get to the Raptors. Give me 60 seconds on uh, page... Uh, Paige Bukers, oh my goodness. Uh, So last night was a double overtime game between UConn and North Carolina State. Crazy. Just like, just one of those games that when you're watching it, you're like, it's not fair that that either of these teams has to not advance. Like they both played so well. They're both just great teams, like the full, full team. Awesome game. Back and forth. Incredible basketball. Officiating you know <laughs> well we'll we'll get to that we Don't will worry. get to that because it was all over the place <laughs> last night in different leagues and levels of basketball uh but yeah Paige had uh, so I was watching the Raptors obviously but I kind of had like my eye just like during commercials but then once the game like got down to like the final two minutes of the fourth obviously I was watching 
NCAA. Because, I'm, I'm yeah. sorry. Like, it just, you know, had had to do it's, it. It's, it's amazing. And then like, it went into I, overtime. I mean, single and double... elimination tournaments that yeah. might be their last, that might be a lot of players' last games with their teams in this case. Like, that's, you know, high drama. It was incredible. Uh, Paige, in, in the first six minutes of overtime, so the first five minutes of the first overtime and the first minute of the second overtime, um, she hadn't missed a shot and I think she had 17 points. Like she was insane. Like she wanted every shot. She, every shot she took, there was zero hesitation. She was just drilling everything. Um, man, she's incredible. And Holly Rowe was t- telling a story about like talking to the Yukon coach and Gina was saying like, had told her like a number of years ago, like we have the next Diana Tarazi, like she's coming up and Holly was like, I'm really, you know, I really wanted to see who it was. And then this little high school page comes into the gym and she's like this scrawny little girl because she's still pretty small. And she's like, I looked at her and thought, this is the next Diana Tarazi? Like, how? And you watch her play and you're like, holy, she is that girl. Like, she is incredible. It was, uh, she was awesome. I felt really bad that either team had to lose, but Paige was incredible. Uh, Aaliyah Edwards, Canadian, um, played great for UConn. A huge offensive rebound and put back um, in overtime. And yeah, it was just, it was just great. I, I love, I love the, I mean, I love the tournament. I know that a lot of NBA fans say they really don't like college basketball, whatever. Like just let yourself have fun. Enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, Paige could not be rebuked. I was, um, I knew that I could tell from your face there was something you were going to say. And I was like, where, what, what does he have to add? But because I was watching that, when I flipped over to the Raptors, I couldn't believe that Pascal had 40 points. Yeah. Uh, wow. Great game last night. Uh, I mean, and I'm sure Raptors fans would have preferred it were a less great game and they took care <laughs> of business playing the Boston Celtics without <coughs> Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, who were both given a were kind of banged up night off uh, and I guess didn't have to clear customs, which, which is cool. Uh, mm-hmm. Al Horford remained away for personal reasons. Uh, the real blow to them is Robert Williams, which sucks. He will need some sort of surgery on torn meniscus in his left knee. Uh, he's obviously a huge part of what is the league's best defense. And if you look at the last, you know, 30 games or so, the best defense, and it's not even close. Uh, and you probably expected things to go easier uh last night or, or monday night i should say but as we know with these raptors do not assume or you know how that saying goes mm-hmm. uh before we get into the details let's zoom out the raptors are let's see here 43 and 32 i believe that is a season season high 11 games over 500 tied with the bulls uh for fifth place without the tiebreaker so essentially a game behind the bulls uh, and a game ahead of the Cavs, who, as I mentioned, beat Orlando on Monday night. Uh, quickly, we will let the, in terms of the remaining schedule, Chicago has, believe it or not, the most difficult schedule remaining in the Eastern Conference, third overall in the league. They've got the Heat, this is not in order, uh, they've got the Heat, Bucks, Celtics, Wolves, Charlotte, Washington, and Clippers. Uh, there's not a gimme 
in there for sure. Although, as we know with the Raptors, there's no such thing as a gimme. Mm-hmm. Raptors are 25th easiest schedule. Miami, Philly, <clears throat> Minnesota, Atlanta, Houston, Orlando, and the Nye Knicks. Cleveland is right in between them with Milwaukee, Philly, Dallas, Brooklyn, Atlanta, Orlando, New York. Most of the projections have the Raptors finishing where they currently stand in uh uh, at least they did before Monday night when Chicago lost in New York, which might flip some things. So anyway, uh, the uh, odds say the Raptors are going to finish fifth or sixth, but hell, there's seven games still to go. Things are too close to call. And as we learned last night, we don't know when teams who do have something to play for are actually going to play for said thing. <laughs> and then if they do or don't, we don't know if it will matter <laughs> because the Celtics did a very Celticsy thing and in other times, a very Raptors-y thing and annoyed the <clears throat> hell out of, uh, you know, more, I don't want to say more talented, but, you know, more seasoned, certainly more top-heavy team. And certainly at various points, and we can gloss over the officiating, which was not good, um, but they would have been full value for that win had they had they pulled it off. So what was your reaction to the part of that game that you did see? Holly? Oh my God, they're annoying. The Celtics, <laughs> when they're playing in, when they're playing pretty much anyone else, I'm just like, their defense is incredible. They have so many fun players. What an awesome team to watch. When they play the Raptors, I don't know why. They just make me so angry. I feel like constantly players are on the floor. Thad was like thrown out of bounds a couple times last night no calls not even not even a question of whether they were gonna look at that like just also if Marcus Smart had to pick one team to make a highlight reel of like him playing against it would have to be the Raptors right my god that guy loves playing Toronto I mean just on flops alone sure he looks incredible I mean he's he's, he was he was he's a great player yeah Yeah, no I, I I just found out I have a award votes and and like I, he i'm seriously going to consider him for defensive player of the year uh but like you can see a he's been like a really good connecting point guard mm-hmm. what which they have badly needed for a long time and it turns out they had it on their roster all along <laughs> uh and secondly when <clears throat> those guys aren't when when tatum and brown who obviously are the core of their offense aren't involved he has the capability he's probably he probably would be very streaky and hit and miss in this role but in a bigger usage role can get it going for sure yeah he i just whenever he plays the raptors i'm convinced every shot is falling like he probably a little bit of like trauma from the (laughs) from the the playoff series in the bubble but yeah uh yeah I, i think the biggest thing to me And this is not, you asked me about the Celtics game. This isn't just the Celtics game, but like over this past week, the biggest thing to me that has stood out is that the Raptors are finding ways to win these games, even without Fred kind of looking like pre all-star Fred. He is is not that. No. Right. But you know what I mean? Like normally if you would tell me Fred's not going to look like himself, he's not going to put up the numbers, not going to have the assists. Like I would be very worried <laughs> about the Raptors and I still am worried about the Raptors if I think about Fred not being Fred, but they've found ways to win. And a lot of that of course has been Pascal who has just been incredible um, really the whole season, but especially this like stretch um, and also they're supporting cast. I feel like every night you have someone else who's kind of stepping up and playing well and 
that's really important any time of the season, but especially right now. So yeah. yeah, you don't want it to be too much of a guessing game, which I think was the problem earlier on in the year. Like the, I mean, sometimes you would guess and the answer was nobody. <laughs> that, that was part of the problem. But like, you don't want to go searching. And I think what we've seen is, is, I was about to say Dwayne Casey, is Nick Nurse uh, has found more or less the rotation he's going to roll with when these guys are healthy. You saw Armani Brooks, who has been that guy, or one of those guys in other games, fall out of the rotation and the return of Gary Trent Jr. against Boston. And, you know, to Nick Nurse's, you know, in his own words, he, Gary's still not quite himself, but he did make a few big plays. He got called for a whistle on, on what looked like a clean steel oh, or at least the call in, in, in which you know the physical initiation was not brought upon uh, by, <laughs> by gary but uh we don't have to go over every call he also ended up I, playing 37 minutes yeah yeah not great not great nick um <laughs> also before but, uh, we continue just like shout yeah. out to armani good for him man yeah he he got uh the multi-year contract partial guarantee special that Yuta Watanabe got at the end of last year. And basically that, uh, you know, first of all, gets some more money into his uh, account, which is awesome for him. Gives the Raptors some shooting injury insurance and just some extra shooting, you know, even if there aren't injuries, um, which is awesome for them because obviously they're short on it. And it allows him to, you know, presumably be at Summer League with the Raptors, fight for a roster spot uh, in October. And... You know, after being waived by Houston, that that's awesome. And and you know, my favorite. I, I was writing about Armani Brooks, and I was like, ah, oh, I wonder how long his wingspan is. The Raptors hate six three guys, and obviously, it's a six nine wingspan. So, <laughs> of course, uh, <laughs> of course. Well, also, it's just like, yeah, you gotta love guys who, you know, have been kind of struggling to find their spot, or they, you know, are with a team and then get cut, or they're with a team and are they're waived, or they're bouncing around from training camp to training camp. It's just really, really nice when a guy gets an opportunity mid-season, which is not an easy thing to do, to try to, like, show your worth in a really short amount of time. Um, and, and let's face it, being judged basically on one thing. L yeah. Like, there, there, he has to do the other things. Like, those are important but like if he if he doesn't hit the threes like they can find those things from elsewhere is kind yeah. of the point yeah no for sure and, and, and after struggling it, i think he hit one of his first nine and in, in like his first five games he made I, I think a pair each against philadelphia and chicago and and I, I don't have his numbers in front of me but in the cleveland and indiana games remained uh, you know a, a reliable piece off the bench for sure and you also just saw him taking those shots in those first couple of games it looked like he he passed up some of them like he looked a little hesitant which makes sense <laughs> like you're human you don't want to mess up um but i think sometimes this is me really zooming out for a second sorry yeah. i apologize no no but, we, but uh, i think you, sometimes you do. we do forget um there's we watch this game and it seems like there's so many players and teams and news to keep track of. There's like 400 jobs, 450 jobs, and no one wants to give those jobs up, you know? So when a guy can come in and, and you know, create a spot for himself and at least guarantee himself the opportunity con to continue to compete for that um, spot... I just I just think that's awesome and I think it should be celebrated more sometimes. Sometimes people like overlook um ten day contracts or like fringe guys. Well but for no. sure. But like like Yuto Watanabe is one example, but like even the guy who he supplanted on the roster, O'Shea Brissett, like he 
he got that yeah. type of contract. He, I, I think the number was like $300,000 guaranteed for that season in which he was eventually waived so mm-hmm. the Raptors could keep Watanabe. But if he hadn't got that extended look, is he on Indiana's radar where he's now, you know, on a sort of, you know, mailing it in team. But like throughout the year, he's been, you know, from my understanding of Pacers basketball, which, you know, isn't deep, but I I do keep an eye on the Canadians. He's been a pretty big positive for them. And he can become that, Mm -hmm. you know, type of depth piece that hangs around a team just because he, he starts to mean something to the guys in that locker room. Uh, and, and, you know, beyond that, just beyond the vibes he's producing. So, you know, I, I don't think the Raptors will forget this mm-hmm. contribution from Brooks. And, you know, it, it comes with the opportunity costs of uh, converting Justin Champagne, who went out and I think had 43 or 45 in the, <laughs> the, in the G League uh, the day before the Brooks contract was actually announced. But I, I'm guessing the Raptors will keep will find a way to get him back into training camp Next year, uh, he as as of now, he would be a restricted free agent. Um, but yeah, good for Brooks. I'm so, sort of surprised this is where we went, not first, but very quickly. Uh, but listen, are you really what... surprised that I just wanted a moment to like appreciate a guy creating an opportunity for himself? No, no, I'm not. Um, <laughs> back to the Raptors. Back, yeah, back no, to pas- the, yeah, the Pascal, 40 points, very good. Uh, I did find it funny that they had seven assists on 26 baskets in the first oh. half. First of all, 26 <laughs> baskets in the first half. Here we go. But like so often, and especially in the Raptors discourse of the last five to seven years, maybe longer than that, it's like, oh, they don't pass the ball. They don't move the ball. And the reality in this game is like they were not sending help to Siakam and he was just isoing every Celtic and like scoring from four feet out like like that's why there were no assists it wasn't like it wasn't like fault of the offense he was just tearing grant williams apart he was uh who who am i missing here a few different guys he didn't get the marcus smart assignment or marcus smart didn't get the pascal siakam assignment very much um but he they, he got switched on to Daniel Tice and those matches weren't very friendly for Tice. I love he is Daniel awesome. Tice. I, I you know especially in the especially in the wake of the Williams injury, he's just like he can move. Like he can move and he's tough. And he's like, very tough. And that's you know that doesn't replace Williams, but it gets you you know sixty seventy percent of the way there. And like the the agility, I th- like along with the toughness, which is essential. But like. He's not just like a clotting space eater. Like <laughs> he can definitely not, no. clotting. Yeah. I meant plotting, but you know what I mean. Uh, like he can, like the Raptors couldn't couldn't guard like the Marcus Smart or Peyton Pritchard, Daniel Tice pick and roll a few times last night, and the Raptors are pretty long, and that just shows you how he can catch on the move and finish. Uh, it, it's. It was weird to me when he went to Chicago and then went to Houston and didn't really, like, mm-hmm. I can understand why it didn't happen in Houston, but then, like, why are you giving him a four-year contract, Rockets? But, you know, that's <laughs> neither here nor there. Um, but he's a nice player, and especially, you know, in terms of having depth behind a guy like Robert Williams, like, Tice is a really good part for them. Um, yeah, I think he's really good, and I think he's, like, super underrated. You know, you never really hear him really get praised but then you watch them and you're like wow this guy is really good 
Well, I think part of, I mean, again, like he goes to these other teams and just doesn't find a role. And and you wonder why that is. And again, I'm not a Daniel Tice completist, so I can't say (laughs) for certain. But like, I I know Raptors fans like have to respect the dude, like whether they hate him or not, because he's in a green jersey. Uh, Like, I don't even find him to be one of the uh, more questionably, uh, I, I don't know what the right, like. He's tough, but not dirty in any way. I guess I was is wondering what, I, what, I'm what trying word, to say. What, what adjective yeah, yeah. you're going to use there? Uh, yeah. Like, uh, you know, Raptors, I'm sure, fans, sure. I, I Like, I'm guessing Marcus Smart is at the top of their hate list on the Celtics. Hate is a strong word, but sports hate. Um, but Tice is just solid. Like, you got to respect what he does in there. Um, but Big fan. Was not solid against Pascal Siakam. Uh, but who could be? Uh, right. So that. Certainly bolsters Siakam's All-NBA case. We went over that last week. Uh, the picture changes. The more the Lakers fart away games, uh, <laughs> the more, you know, the tougher it is. Like, I think LeBron's making one of the three teams, but, like, that's a train wreck. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't really know. What I, to say. I love how I love how many people at, like, more than one opportunity, more than one chance time circumstance i don't know the word i'm thinking of more than one time we'll just say time more than yeah. one time this year have been rendered speechless yeah when talking uh, about the lakers like you're literally just yeah yeah the athletic nba show on their saturday episode does this thing where they have they spin a wheel of fandom uh and like then they'll get like a fan or writer of the team on and this this past oh, week no. it was Katie Heindel, because the oh. the wheel land, landed on the Raptors, uh, and she was great. Go check that out at the Athletic NBA show. Um, they did some Raptors trivia at the end, uh, which was fun. But they spun the wheel the next time, and they landed on the Lakers, and uh, there was a pretty good reaction. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Even just uh, trying to describe talking about them, I, like, lost my words. It's just, yeah. 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 Um, so I think Siakam is a very real chance. Uh I don't want to get too far into the the all NBA discussion, except to say that knowing that the pos- the points will count separately if a guy is voted at forward versus center. Like the yeah. points do not accumulate. Like a guy's center points count as one section of votes, and a guy's you know points at forward count as another section dumb, of votes. Anyway. I know, but it like. <laughs> It really, in my mind, unless there's collusion between the people who have votes, like, it sort of pushes you to strongly lean toward a traditional positionality because... You could end up... You know, I feel strongly that Joel, yeah. Joel Embiid and and Nikola Jokic and Giannis Antetokounmpo, for that matter, are the three best players in the league or have been the three most productive players in the league this year. Uh, I can reasonably put Antetokounmpo at forward, but knowing that Jokic and Embiid might have their vote split because some people are trying to get both of them on the first team and some people are like, this is, you know, they're both centers. Like, I I just think you might as well, uh, this is how I'm leaning today, but like right now I'm going to try the best I can to keep them to what their normal positions are and where it gets tricky is like guard and forward. Like they're mm-hmm. just like, like DeRozan and 
Doncic are, are particularly tricky for me because they're clearly like ball handlers, like who defend up the chart. So what do you do there? Um, so like those are two where I might just slot in to get like the best players on and get like the but most then deserving see, guys see, as high as possible. The problem with this is that you're saying you would do that. You would slot them in to get the best players on the ballot. Someone else may be doing that with Jokic or Embiid and that will split their vote. So it'll defeat the purpose. Yeah, so, I know. I don't like I, it. I, I, I just think that like those guys are more plausibly both guards and forwards in what our real notion of positions are today versus... Oh, I get. I totally yeah, agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just like that's the... the that's the way I'm justifying it to myself. I don't like it either. I wish there were more direction. I wish it was like yeah. there was one position for everybody. This is the position. Vote on them, or there or are no the positions. points. The points should just or accumulate. the points could amalgamate. Yeah, like there's no reason um, why it shouldn't. If a guy's name is being put down on a space that you're saying he's allowed to be in, be it forward or center, those points should matter like they should count <laughs> yeah anyway um i feel I very think ultimately, passionately about that yeah. actually <laughs> my, my my short take that we've made into a long conversation is i think that news depending on how many people see it should actually help siakam mm-hmm. but uh, i don't want to get into the mechanics of that og ananobi is back uh he came back in the cleveland game which was the first game since uh we last talked to you uh, mm-hmm. and he played against them. He played in the Fire Interrupted game against <laughs> Indiana. Fire game! Uh, and he played against the Celtics. Uh, what have you think? What have you thought of all OG Holly? Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been really good just to have his presence back. Like, even more than anything he's particularly doing. Just, I was thinking about it during the Celtics game last night. I think it was, yeah, it was in overtime, I think. Maybe it was at the end of the fourth quarter. Just seeing him in the corner there. Like, he missed a three in the corner, and then they went yeah. back to him. And I think he made the second one. He made the one. second one. Yeah. yeah. Even just having him there. Like, you missed having that option at not just the end of games, but throughout the game you know just having him there is uh is a huge boost for the team and you mentioned the fire game this is unrelated and it's not funny but it is a little bit funny that everything is okay i think Uh, we can laugh about it during it was uh, it was ridiculous during that game my mom texted me like genuinely like you know maybe a minute before everything maybe three minutes before everything stopped and was like the raptors are on fire and sent me a bunch of like fire emojis and then like a little gif of like you know the gif of like the boy on the swing with the with the house behind him on fire do you know the, yes or the meme sorry i don't know it's where she finds these things isn't it a dog it's a dog no the, or the little girl on the swing and that okay. like Anyway, whatever. There was a fire. She sent me... So my mom now also sends gifts, like very involved gifts um, via text. So she sent me the emojis and then the gifts. And then like two seconds, like three minutes later, the game actually was on fire. And she was like, oh no, like I didn't mean that. You, I didn't know. And I'm like, I'm, I'm aware that you in Nova Scotia did not know that there was a fire in the building, mom. And I just thought it was funny, her concern for her emoji use. But yeah, crazy game. <laughs> crazy um, game. The- the inventor of the gift died this past week. I know, I did see that. That is sad. Um, I don't have his name in front of me, um, but condolences. It's hard to say that without sounding sarcastic, but, you know, 
somebody died. It's sad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, OG's shooting nine for 18 uh, since wow. he came back okay. uh, w- from three, I should say, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is very important to this team. If he's doing nothing else and he is doing many other things, he's had a few, uh, he's had three steals in three games. He's had seven assists in three games, which is nice. He's just another guy to throw the ball to when the offense stalls out or just another chance to get some more playmakers slash get Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam some time on the bench um, in theory. Just seeing him in that corner, that corner spot, Paniark, I was like, yeah, this, I missed this. Like, I'm sure the Raptors also missed this spacing too. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. great to see him back. Um, I think Fred Van Vliet said it best and I'll paraphrase. It's like, you know, he's out for so long that you get used to him being out and you're like, this is what we do. This is how we do things. Then he comes back. It's like, oh yeah, OG Ananobi is a very good NBA player and a huge part of what we do. Like, oh yeah, the, this that, that is we how were, we do things. Yeah, yeah, that, this is like, this is how <clears throat> it's meant to look. And like, everybody knows that injuries are part of the season, but like, you know, it's not two super talented log guys across the board. It's three. Like that's that's the, that's the that's the dream. I, I mean, sometimes speak, it's five, but uh, but you so got speaking my point. Of, like, speaking of that, uh, Thad has looked really, really good his past few games with the Raptors. I feel like last night was probably the best uh, full performance. That's what Nick from Nurse him. said. Yeah, and I think that some of that is just him getting more comfortable with his teammates, getting to know them a little bit better, how they play, where they play, where they want the ball, et cetera, et cetera. And also knowing the offense. And I thought it was really funny. I saw the clip or not the clip. I saw the quote. You can, you can correct me if I'm missing anything, but someone asked him, there was a question like, you know, what is it about the Raptors or like, what's different about them? And he's like, everybody's six, nine. Yeah. Was that last night? Last night. Yeah. After I was done with another interview, I creeped back in and that was, one of the first things he said, yeah. Um, I love how much Thad loves this feature of the Raptors. He was on the Raptor show with Will Lou uh, last week. Last, yeah, last yeah. week. Today is the beginning of this week. Today is Tuesday. He was on the show last week with, <laughs> with Will Lou, and the amount of times he mentioned and the amount of ways he mentioned, everybody's 6'9". <laughs> like, I looked around at Fred and was like, where's like where's our point guard and and fred said we don't do that here (laughs) which was a really funny moment from his first game like who's the point guard they don't do that here um fred wasn't in the game at that point but i love his like he almost seems to be tickled by the fact that this roster is built this way and to see a veteran who has this many years kind of feel the same way that we feel when we're looking at the roster as it kind of became the raptors Go to like their their trademark is they love long wing players. Yeah. Well, just like imagine you're Thad Young, you're picked twelfth <laughs> in two thousand seven, and your yeah. whole life you're like, oh, is he a small forward or is he a power forward? Not your whole life, but probably for the first <laughs> yeah. ten years of your career, it's like, oh, this guy doesn't really fit. Like, how where do we put him? He's not quite mm-hmm. quick enough mm-hmm. to guard like the best small forwards but he's not quite big enough to battle inside and then it's like you find you wind up on a team and, and that's not to say he hasn't like obviously he's had a very good career you don't mm-hmm. stick mm-hmm. around for 15 years by a, uh, uh by accident i got momentarily confused about whether i say by accident or on accident 
uh, a lot of Americans say on accident. Anyway. You keep um, looking up. Are you watching? Are the Jays playing? No, no. The, the, you don't need to tell the people this, Holly. Uh, there's just, uh, there's, there is a baseball game on and I'm not at all interested in it. I don't know why. It's probably because it's on. That's why. Um, but you wind up on this team in which that undefinability, which Mm -hmm. I don't think is a word, is, you know, a feature, not a bug. A thing thing that uh, this made me think of is, I don't know if you're watching Winning Time on HBO. I'm not yet, no. Okay, I watched the first episode, I liked it, watched the second episode, and it lost me, and it just feels like it's not the right time for me, so that is not, Mm -hmm. oh no, he just turned off the TV, (laughs) sorry for calling you out. It's okay, Uh, and it's probably better for this podcast quality. Okay, well... Uh, so anyway, this isn't a huge, the show is good or not good or any of those yeah, things. Yeah, not a big but, take, yeah. But in the first episode when they're talking about drafting magic, it's so funny because the conversation around him is, you can't have this guy being a point guard. He's too big. Like, how? imagine having someone his size playing the point guard. This is ridiculous. I don't want this. This is foolish. We'll look silly. And you, you hear people say that, and then you think about the game today, and it's like, that's the stupidest argument ever, like, that you thought that size at point guard would be a problem. Yeah. Um, like, the only way that holds, and I do think the Raptors do miss this sometimes, is it's just, like, more difficult unless you're LeBron or or Giannis to get through traffic in the paint. Um, oh sure, sure, like sure. It's, sure. Hard, it's like, harder to weave your way through it. Like, but Pascal, I just mean looking at a player like Magic. Yeah, no, of course, yeah, yeah, ridiculous. But, like, <laughs> but there is an element of like it's helpful to be able to go under and through sometimes rather than just like over for the lack of a better word Mm -hmm. um because like even the way pascal and scotty you know get into the defense and sometimes kick it out there's a lot of like you know forward then you're backing up and maneuvering because there's just more body and less drive and kick and as and you know to bring it back to the raptors as fred has been compromised (laughs) (laughs) in certain ways they're taking pains to not have him, you know, precious Achua and Chris Boucher are sometimes taking, bringing the ball up the floor so Fred Van Vliet doesn't have to. Um, you can see why that skill in a shorter player uh, is valuable. To Now, the Raptors know what they're doing. Back to Thad Young uh, in the last three games, all wins. He is a plus 33 wow. in 43, 58 minutes. Uh, he had 12, 8, and 3, and 3 blocks against the Celtics. And what I think they've stumbled upon here is that, and Blake Murphy pointed this out as well. Uh, it's nice to see that guy coming up on Twitter. Um, <laughs> he makes so much sense with more polished players. And that's not to say anything bad about Chris Boucher or Precious Achua, who are certainly filling that sort of chaos energy, and even more than that sometimes, role. But, like, he, as Blake said, um, you know, I call him a connector, kind of. Blake calls him an amplifier, and he helps bring pieces together with his, you know, playmaking, with his quick vision, with his sort of ability to get into the right spots. And that's just 
more valuable with guys who are more precise with what they're doing on the floor than Siakam, or sorry, rather than uh, than Achua mm-hmm. and Boucher, who like are doing a lot of what they're doing through energy and hustle and and just grinding, kind of. So they're they're generally not bringing them in until like the start of the second quarter or the start of the fourth quarter. <clears throat> not at that same wave that Boucher and Achua are coming in, and then that allows him to play with the starters. Maybe if Gary Trent's off, or maybe if they need to give Scotty Barnes a second break. Maybe if OG's not able to, you know, if he needs another break because he's still getting his feet under him. And I think Mm -hmm. he just looks so good as that de facto fifth starter, even though, like, his minutes aren't, you know, until the Boston game, he played 28 minutes. His minutes don't say that. But I think, I really think they found something in that sort of Mm -hmm. lineup. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, And I also, like, I know I mentioned it already, but also just seeing him get more comfortable. And like you said, you don't stay in the league for as long as he has unless he's very good at a number of things. So as he's gotten some time with these teammates, he's also finding what works, like the ways that he can help this team and be successful with this team. And I just love hearing him talk about his teammates. I mean, you know that that is a good guy because he's like super good friends with CJ Miles, who is, you know, hands down greatest. Why are you laughing? Uh, I, I'm, I don't know. That's true. Oh. Uh, I just did it. I did it. <laughs> I thought you that. had something to add, like a, like a story. And I was hoping. No, it's just, it's hoping. a very, you know, it's a very you statement, but like, well, uh, I was hoping you're not, you had like wrong. a CJ, CJ story or something to no, add. No, CJ is great. CJ is great. And if he vouches for someone, then I'm in like a hundred percent. And it's, you see it already. I feel like every interview I've seen with Thad and then also the post games, he's always finding ways to rave about these teammates that he's only been with for a couple of weeks, month. I don't know how long it's been. I'm probably a month, right? Uh, he, the trade deadline was, it's like, it's coming up on two months now. Gosh, okay. Well, two months. Six weeks, um, seven weeks. Six like weeks, that. seven weeks. It feels like it's been a month, a couple weeks. Time doesn't matter. But he just loves to rave about these guys. Like You can just tell that he would be an incredible guy in the locker room. And I think that as the games go on, he's finding ways to make a difference and make an impact. And it's great. Those first couple games, like, he looked pretty hesitant. And I remember thinking, like, that, like, do what you do. You know what I mean? Like there were a couple times where he'd pass up shots and things like that. And I was kind of wondering like, this doesn't look like him. And then you give him a couple games and it's like, Oh, okay. That was, that was a normal human reaction to being in a new situation. He was just kind of like sussing out the facts, the situation. And uh, yeah, now he looks good. And like they picked up a really important piece that is helping them and will continue to help them. I think even more as we get into higher stakes situations. Yeah, like I, I wouldn't be surprised to continue to see, especially as, you know, they presumably find some rest for a few of mm-hmm. the guys who are banged up, which is, you know, probably all of them. But we certainly know that Van Vliet, uh, Kember, Chumist, uh, Monday's game, um, OG Ananobi, I, I don't expect him to sit out necessarily. But again, there's a conditioning issue. Even Thad himself looked like he went down uh with something Gosh, late in the game yeah. he's not on the injury report uh, or the latest injury report that i've seen but so that's good news 
Um, I don't know if you saw the replay. I can't remember which Celtics player it was, but the Celtics player came flying in, like, I think to get, like, a rebound, to get an offensive rebound. And his, like, leg caught, like, like shoved um, Thads to the side. Like, it just looked like his whole knee slash leg slash ankle slash everything on one leg went in. It looked very painful <laughs> yeah. when, he, um, when he went down. Which Celtic was most annoying last night other than Marcus Smart? I'll I'll take mm-hmm. Sam Hauser. Like every time Sam Hauser hit a three, it's like, oh my god, this guy. <laughs> I think it just has to be Marcus for me because I he missed a three really late in the game. Yeah, it was dead on. I, I think I was there was at least one dead on one that just hit front rim, but like yeah, from and my I thought for from sure. my view, like those shots look like they're going in easily. Um I so, yeah. I like stopped breathing in that moment because i was like oh, like i was getting ready to groan to exhale the groan because i was like of course but it didn't go in and it felt like okay they're gonna escape but i think i just i have to say marcus because he terrifies me yeah uh quickly before we move on to some reader questions we talked about fred's injury situation last week we'll probably mm-hmm. talk about it next week uh no back-to-backs this week would you rest them in any of the games Doctor. Would, uh, Doc. Doc Mac. Um, yeah, I'm going to pull out my medical degree from my back pocket. I would not rest him. If he, if he, I would try to keep his minutes down, but I mean, I know you'd be tempted to say rest him against Orlando, but <laughs> hey, we've seen the Raptors yeah. against Orlando and that hasn't gone well. You? I mean, sure. If he if he isn't feeling well, and if yeah, with the thing about that question, I know it's he's not, not really going to tell you. We don't have all the information. We don't even have most of the information, and we don't know how much difference a you know a game off or two games off will make. Like we like I said last week, he, we've already seen him get five games off, and it didn't mm-hmm. solve things. So, um, I think my thing would be yeah. just try to limit his minutes as best as you can, which you know, yeah. Like, I'm guessing they will rest him in one of the back-to-back games in, in the following yeah. week, which I believe yeah, yeah. is Philly, Philly Atlanta. But until then, you're probably ro- rolling with him, and it's mm-hmm. on, on Nick and the coaching staff to, you know, maybe you make it shorter spurts. I don't know. Maybe it's, you just it, build a big lead and not have a fire and not need an hour and... Well, the fire helped. Wake. I know he got to not play <laughs> in the second half, but I mean, maybe they go up by 30 and they can just rest him and the game just ends, you know? For sure. <clears throat> that must have been one of the craziest games you've covered, no? Um, yeah, I was on TSN radio uh, and and uh, the host asked me, like, it must have been scary. And like, honestly, I wouldn't say it was scary, mm-hmm. um, but... It was certainly weird, but like in terms of like scary sporting moments that I've covered, I would put game five Jays Rangers that ended in or didn't end, but you know, the crazy seventh inning game with Batista Homer, like when Texas scored or Texas scored on the controversial, uh, you know, the catcher throwing it back to the pitcher and hitting uh, the bat. And they, the umps reviewed it and ruled mm-hmm. it a run. And then, like, people were throwing beer cans that down. That was awful, and, yeah. Like, that was actually scary because I had joked earlier in the day to Melissa Cluto of, of CP. I was like, well, hopefully we don't have to cover a riot. And, like, at that moment, yeah. I was like, this could be a riot. Um, that's not That's, nice. like, yeah. off the top of my head, that's the scariest thing I've covered. This wasn't scary. Like, there were there was some popcorn 
thrown on us, which is better than the champagne that was sprayed on my computer after the Raptors beat the Bucks uh, in to advance to the NBA Finals. Uh, but after like some brief booing, like everything cleared out relatively safely and orderly. Um, there, there was no like stampede or anything yeah. going on. Uh, like the the fire didn't. It was in hand. Was, like the fire was... wasn't spreading. Like, and yeah, I couldn't yeah. even see the flames. Like I saw the video, but like I'm on the other side of the court, so I couldn't see that side of the speaker. So it was certainly a strange. Um, Definitely made less strange by the fact that we've seen an empty stadium game a I lot know, right? recently, and, and certainly within the last few months. So, you know, very weird. But that's an interesting question, though. Like the most scared you've been in, or like the most strange situation. This isn't a scary situation, really. But I think the weirdest I've ever felt at an NBA game was when Kevin Durant got injured in the finals. Yeah. Like that took. That just made your stomach drop. I was very emotional, like, watching that. I just, it, it was just uh, horrific to watch that. And then the post-game, like, hearing the Warriors, you know, front office staff, like, talking and crying as they were addressing the media. That was really just, like, an awful, awful, awful feeling that sticks out to me. As I remember leaving the arena being like, this isn't fun. I hate this. Like, this is awful. Like, I just felt empty for... Like, why was he playing? Should he have played? The reaction to the fan? Like, all of it was just left an awful taste in my mouth. I hated it. But anyway. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It was not great. Um, but this discussion is a good segue to one of our questions here from our pal, Anea, who thank you for providing the uh, the pronunciation of your name. Hopefully I didn't screw it up. Uh, what is the most stressful slash confusing situation you've ever been in that would have oh. improved <laughs> by, would have been improved by Herbie calmly narrating the steps you needed to take and sh- shushing your negative thoughts. Okay, I don't know what Anea does in her like day job, but she should legit be a writer because her questions are always like Yeah, yeah, this like is if you if you guys book, are like, mad, sorry, if you guys are mad that I keep on picking those her questions, ask better questions. <laughs> uh, like, no, but like <laughs> she's like a book prompt person, like here's the pl- here's the plot, go. Uh, yeah. do you have she's something in, She her her Twitter bio says communicator or something. And she also, uh, it says roller derby when not in the middle of a pandemic. So Okay, that's uh, pretty awesome. Uh, She's definitely a communicator. That's an awesome question. I don't know if I have anything immediately flooding my mind. You? 
well, my first panic attack would have been helpful. <laughs> like, like, I like I don't know if I would have chose Herbie, like his <laughs> specific voice. I have, you know, Herbie does a great job as somebody who's heard him do that job like 700 times in my life or whatever. Like I have complicated feelings about about him that I, I hope people can understand. But like, yes, a voice inside my head explaining what was going on while I like my heart raced and I leaned against the wall for like support because I was dizzy and I didn't know why. Like for somebody to explain that <clears throat> and to get the negative thoughts out of my head, that would have been great. Yeah, like panic attack. That's the, that's the first thing that comes to my mind for sure. I think I actually think mine would be a really really bad flight home. Um, the Raptors played the Jazz. It was an early game in January. I arrived at the arena a couple minutes into the third quarter. I was supposed to arrive hours before the game, flying back from Nova Scotia. There was a really bad storm, and we couldn't land, which I had never experienced before. Like, I was flying into the yeah. island airport, and we kept, like, coming down, and then we would have to, like, come back up into the air and, like, do this crazy turn, and the wind was, like, it was, like, over, you know, like, 120 kilometers or something. Like, it was crazy, and I was terrified. I'm not a great flyer anyway when it comes to turbulence. Those really tiny planes, not awesome. The guy sitting beside me, he was an angel. Like, at, at one point, I remember, like, my arm wasn't touching the the rail, like, the armrest beside me. It was fully wrapped around his arm as I, like, clutched his hand, like, extremely hard i did not know this man i did not ask him if i could hold his hand but he had worked he used to work in i don't know like edmonton or somewhere and they used to have to fly up north and he told he was like ex calmly explaining to me that like we were not at a risk like it was okay like explaining why we couldn't land and what all had to happen next and he was so soothing and told me like some you know he had flown in worse conditions and just me clutching his hand and him calmly telling me it was going to be okay oh that's my personal version of yeah. Herbie doing this shish. um it's very, very funny you mentioned that story. I'm, I'm currently reading A Swim in a Pond in the Rain by the great writer George Saunders, and it's his uh, him breaking down some Russian short stories and oh, explaining, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. explaining yeah. why they work. Um, but he, in talking about the story, he talks about his own personal experience on like a flight that sounds like several degrees worse than yours <sighs> to the extent that he thought, like this was mm -hmm. it and he was mm -hmm. talking about what thoughts were going through his head and they were sort of selfish blah 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 but like there was a 14 year old sitting next to him who like i don't know if he'd been on a plane before but probably not much experience and the kid asked him is this supposed to be happening <sighs> and he and he answered yes uh, like don't Aww. worry um oh which, my heart uh, yeah i know which is like oh. the the next level of the story you just told i thought you can think all the selfish thoughts you want you were there for that that kid yeah oh, man. what you do is more like i do think motive ma this we're getting real philosophical <laughs> yeah. now uh i think motive matters but your actions matter a lot more than your words or even your intent sometimes um not sometimes i i think your actions are just Certainly the most important thing. Mm -hmm. um, fact check, Scott Kelly, are Detroit, Portland, and Dallas the only NBA teams the Raptors have not beaten this year? I just went through the NBA standings, and I believe the answer is yes. Um, wow. Yeah. Weird group.
Detroit, Portland, and Dallas. Yeah. I I would have known Detroit and Dallas, but I did not realize I did not realize the Portland thing. That's crazy. Um Ryan P. Fat Gumby asks. Um, no relation to Mike Ganter, I assume. Uh, has a picture of Boris Diaw with uh, drinking wine, the Boris Diaw wine picture as his. Great, uh, yeah. great, uh, great photo. More nebulous than a question, but a hot topic right now is officiating. As a fan, I know my perspective is heavily skewed, and last night's broadcast fueled that fire. The league can't be happy, he says in brackets. The league can't be happy about the focus being that mm-hmm. much on non gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, how real is the perceived bias? Um, I don't. I don't think it's real. <laughs> I think that there are the perceived bias is real. The yes, actual bias. The is actual not bias real. is not real. Uh, problems with officiating, real. Room for improvement, definitely real. Uh, but I don't think there actually is a bias. I think it's more just, it's really hard to be an official. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's a pro basketball is probably the most difficult game to officiate because there's so much happening at such a high speed. Um, the game's evolving and changing, you know, season by season and you're bringing in new officials, which is important and needs to continue to happen. Um, but with that, you're going to also sometimes have bumps along the way. And I think it's more just, uh, I think when you think about a bias that isn't real, the perceived bias, it's a lot of different things coming together to make that seem valid. It could be a new official. It could be a a team that hadn't worked together, a crew that hadn't worked together. Like there's a lot of different like elements there, but I don't actually think there is. Yeah. I do think there's some, like maybe there is an element of like the refs know subconsciously, Well, they know consciously Boston is a good defensive Mm -hmm. team. Mm -hmm. So subconsciously, maybe they're like, that's legal. But like, As long as as we have officials that are human beings and not robots, there's going to be... That's going to... Something like that, if not that, is going Mm -hmm. to happen. Uh, And the Raptors, unfortunately, but probably rightly for them, have a (laughs) reputation as a team that fouls a lot. Um, And also a team that complains a lot. They sometimes get caught up with complaining. Yeah, they're not like the Blake Griffin, Chris Paul Clippers, but uh, Nick Nurse is is certainly, you know how Brad Stevens had that quote, like, I lost it one time on the sidelines and I was like, I'm never going to do that again because I want my (laughs) players to take, you know, what I'm projecting. Nick Nurse does not... uh, Subscribe to that theory. <laughs> um, I, al- I always bring this quote up uh, when de- talking about refs. It's Hanlon's razor, and I don't mean it as negatively as it's going to sound about the officials. Never ascribe to malice that which is adequately explained by incompetence. Um, that's not to say the referees are incompetent, but they are simply, as you put, unable to keep up with a game that is as intricate and quick-paced as NBA basketball. Um, last question, and I think it's different than the question we ha- we asked we answered last week in terms of which um, which team, and I, I wrote about in at the Athletic, uh, which team the Raptors would be best off facing in terms of who they would most like to see in terms Mm -hmm. of advancing. Uh, AZ asks, for the purposes of development, 
Which of the top four teams in the East would the Raps most benefit from facing? Development? Probably probably the Celtics. Learning to get over that defensive juggernaut while also containing its stars when they're playing. Yeah, I probably is what, is what is what my answer would be. What would your answer? I'd be? probably say the Celtics or the Bucks. Um, well, the Bucks just because yeah, you're learning from champions. Yeah, and, and you're like defeating the champions, kind of. Yeah, and and watching how Giannis defends that is an interesting in a, in a question, series though. is very useful for a guy like Scotty, who I think projects to be more of a back end defender than like a as i've said many times and like a guard on the ball guy not that he can't do both uh the heat would be a great series mentally i think yeah. <laughs> um but i think like the heat are almost so similar to hey, what man, the raptors maybe the raptors would uh would get under the heat skin does seems like seems like that's yeah. a possibility these days <laughs> yeah i just think there's maybe not enough contrast there for the learning and, and like obviously like one team is pretty damn veteran and the other team is young but like eric i was making a joke about the miami heat yeah i know they're falling apart emotionally i can't believe i just wanted to have a moment can't believe jimmy butler is wearing out his walking it's (laughs) shocking you robbed me of that moment um Uh, yeah that's Uh, a great question though like the developmental side yeah i would say the celtics just because you have to be very disciplined um to overcome their defense when everybody's playing yeah, they they're good. really good. I know that I spend a lot of time saying how much I hate them, but I don't hate them. It's respect. It's, it's respect out yes. of hate. Yes, I, I mean, hate or it's hate them out play of the Raptors. It stresses me out. Unlike, there's no other team that stresses me out like that. There's teams that I worry the Raptors will lose against, or teams that I don't feel confident against. But I don't know. Watching the Celtics just makes me angry, and I'm not normally an angry basketball viewer. So quickly, Holly. Uh, Wolves Wednesday, Orlando, yikes, Friday, Miami and the Kyle Lowry return on Sunday. We will not talk about the Kyle Lowry return mm-hmm. now. Let's save it for, I think we will be recording two on and Monday, one. the day after. Yeah, okay, two and one. Who Who is the loss coming against? I don't know. Great. The, Very helpful. The Wolves. That's who I'm good. That's what I was going to predict too. Really? Yeah, loss, win-win. Okay, well then let's see. Let's see how wrong we are. Yep, uh, probably pretty wrong. Uh, do you think this? Do you think the Raptors will be in sixth by the time we do this podcast? Just quickly week? looking at the schedule. It's at the I'm bottom going, of our run. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. Thank okay. you. Um, I'll <laughs> say yes. They will continue to be in sixth, but I did not put a whole lot of thought into that. Uh, we will come to you next Monday after the Kyle Lowry return. Let's hope nothing gets in the way of that. Let's hope the Raptors stay relatively healthy. Let's just hope we all stay relatively healthy, Holly. Um, (laughs) As always, Holly, anything you want to plug out the door? Uh, No, we're good. Okay. Holly McKenzie, she's great. You can uh, see her on Twitter, at StackMan. Thanks. Yeah, no problem. Um, I don't know if it's (laughs) being surpassed or not, but too bad. No, I wasn't. Yeah, Holly, thanks so much. And... uh, Guys, everybody keep enjoying meaningful basketball. It's a fun time of year. Stay safe. Stay healthy. See ya.